Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Meditation Mama podcast. My name is Karen Prentice, and I'm delighted to be with you today. Today, we're going to talk about something that's um, kind of what I would say fundamental. It's like if I was going to give you one thing to do that I would say to you, do this and you will become happier. Do this. And this is, this is what meditation is teaching us. Do this. It's this concept. If we want to be happier, if we want to feel more content with our lives, more satisfied, right? And I'm going to use a big word here, more equanimous. Equanimous is a beautiful word that captures this idea of being what we might say, just chill, just being chill, just being calm, just being cool, just being, just chilling out. It's like that person who's just feels like they're centered. That's, that's equanimous. And if we want that, there's a very straightforward teaching in meditation called then let go of the two sources of your dissatisfaction, your discontent, and your non-chillness. <laughs> and there's a big word for those things. There's a big word in meditation. It's a technical term for this idea of a feeling of dissatisfaction, of discontent. And the technical term for it is suffering. The Sanskrit word is dukkha, D-U-K-K-H-A. And 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 I mean it seriously. This this is a technical term, and what it means is that there are two sources, two sources of your suffering. And now in meditation, let's be really clear: suffering is a technical term that covers the gambit from just just a mild irritation, a mild frustration, a, mind, a moment of disappointment or sadness all the way on this spectrum to the other side of absolute devastation, despair, grief, rage, the, 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 the deepest grief, lost rage, anger, sadness you can experience. That's suffering. It's this whole big range of emotions. And what the teaching is, that there are only two sources of this, only two. And if we can eliminate these two things, we will eliminate suffering. Or if, it's better to put it this way. If we can learn how to do these two things, to release these two things, then we're not going to suffer anymore. And we will find our satisfaction, our happiness, our contentment. And you're probably sitting there going, Karen, get to it, get to it. What are those things? I want to know, I want to know. Oh, here they are. Resistance and attachment. Okay, so 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 don't just go. Oh, it's resistance attachment. Okay, it's 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 that's this is like the gold. I just gave you the gold right here. When we resist, it causes us suffering. It when we resist something, we're feeling frustrated. We might feel angry. We might feel really disappointed. Right when we are attached. To something, we'll feel, and we lose that something, that attachment 
the fear of losing what it is we love. Did you hear those words? The fear of losing what we love, whether it's a person, a thing, a place, that's, that is a source of deep, deep, let's use a technical term for the moment, suffering. And if you just think about it for a moment, we could be somebody, it could be a person that, a, a partner, a parent, a child, a really dear friend, even a pet, right? When we lose something that we love like that, our hearts break. And it's the fear of losing these people or an object. Say it's a, it's a vase that you just really adore and you just really love and it gets broken. It's the attachment to the people, attachment to the vase, and perhaps an attachment to a house that you're just your favorite place to, to vacation has, you know, went up in flames these are the sources of our suffering. It's the fear of losing that which we love, that which we care about. That's called attachment. We're attached to it. So I think I've made the point. So if I, if you want to even just turn off the podcast right now and you just leave with this thought, if I can release my attachment and I can learn how to release resistance, I will find happiness. And in the world of meditation, that's a bottom line truth in all traditions. So let's explore this just a little bit more because it sounds so simple. Oh yeah. Let me just release attachment. Oh, let me release a resistance, but let's be clear that these things, everything in meditation exists on different levels. There's a simpler, there's the deeper, and then there's the really deep, deep inside levels and subtle levels of attachment and resistance. But we need to begin by first recognizing our resistance and our attachment in this, in the very easy world of our day-to-day lives. And what I want to just assure you is that if you can even begin to recognize when you're resisting, recognize when you're attached, that's how we start. And it's in just the simple act of recognizing what's going on, what the source of your irritation, sadness, shame might be, just that recognition alone is enough, enough to make a difference. It's enough to make a difference. So, so let's, I'm going to give you just a really mundane example, nothing with a lot of heat on it, just a simple example, but don't let the simplicity of the example fool you. The principles that we're working with are all right here. Okay. And what I'm trying to point out is that if we can just recognize recognize what's going on. Oh, now we can, now we can deal with what's actually going on. Now we can deal with it. Now we can deal with it. So let's use the example of whether it's your child, your spouse, let's say that what you have asked for is that if you've asked for it again and again and again, is if that the person, the last person to go to bed at night puts the remaining dishes in the dishwasher and turns it on. Or maybe it's just a kid, you know, that you're working with and you're saying, you know, one of your jobs is to fill the dishwasher and just start it before you go to bed. And you wake up in the morning and what you love most in the morning is your favorite coffee cup 
and your cup of coffee or your cup of tea. My husband loves tea, so this he would want his favorite cup and his cup of tea. And you wake up in the morning and you go into the kitchen and you open the dishwasher and everything's still dirty. Your cup isn't clean. And you get pissed. You get pissed. Now, just follow along with me. You may think, oh, Karen, it's not that big a deal. But let's play along with the example. You're pissed. And you have the choice now of going, just getting pissed and going and banging on the door of the person who was supposed to load the dishwasher and waking them up being angry or slamming the dishwasher shut. Goddamn, swear cuss, you know, pissed off that it, your cup wasn't there. Or you can do this. You can say, hmm, ooh, look at this. I'm a little pissed here. Oh, this is this is this is what Karen's talking about. This is an unpleasant emotion. This is something coming up. Let me take a look at this. Am I resisting something or am I attached to something? And you literally ask yourself, and this doesn't take that long, and you ask yourself, what am I resisting? And you may come up with, I'm resisting the fact that the person I wanted to count on to do something is can't be counted on. And I want to count on them. So I'm resisting the fact that I can't count on them to do what I wanted them to do. Or you might say, I'm attached. <laughs> I'm attached to the fact that that I like having my morning cup of coffee or tea in my favorite cup and sitting there. This is this is the what those what starts my whole day off so well. And there may be lots of other things that might come up. I'm just giving you two for the purposes of our example today for this little teaching. So now we've looked at it and we've said, oh, I'm resisting the reality that this person can't be counted on, or I'm attached to having something that makes me feel good, my cup of coffee in my favorite cup in the morning. And right then and there, just having that thought, noticing that is enough to change the whole mood, change the whole thing, because now it's not about the dirty dishes in the dishwasher. Now it's about something inside you. It's a desire. It's a belief. It's, it's a story. There's something going on inside you. And now that you've recognized it, now you can deal with it. Now you can deal with what is really going on, which is you're disappointed because you couldn't count on somebody or you're disappointed because you don't get to have your favorite thing in the morning. And so what do we do from here? This is where it gets, this is where it gets wise. This is where wisdom begins to come in because at this point, there are several things that we are invited to do if we don't want to suffer, if we don't want to be frustrated, if we don't want to be disappointed. And one of the things we're invited to do is to see things as they are. And what's the opposite of resistance? Accept them as they are. Oh, 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 I know, you know, this is such a big one for everybody. There, we can, I can get a lot of pushback on this. And so one of these days, send in your questions and we can, we can explore this a little bit more because I know this is tough. There's something in us that just says, accept life as it is. 
that's like the op you've been taught to do the opposite. We need to change life from what it is. But I'm going to, I'm just giving you from the meditator's point of view, if you want equanimity, if you want to feel, ah, equanimous, it begins by learning to see life as it is and accept life as it is. That's where it starts. So the thought then is, Oh, I see. Yeah, of course. I I I can't count on. I want to count on my 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 son to turn on the dishwasher before he goes to bed. But obviously, I the reality is I can't count on that. I can't count on that. And we go, yeah. Now listen carefully. So the wisdom comes here. We go. Isn't that interesting? I can't count on a seventeen-year-old to remember to start the dishwasher before he goes to bed. Isn't that interesting? And what we're doing here, pay really close attention. Okay, what we're doing here is a very subtle but important shift from, God damn it, I can't, I can't trust that kid. He's just a no good. He just never does what I ask him to do. He's just untrustworthy and I can't count on him. That's one story. Or it becomes a data point. It becomes a learning and it becomes, oh, isn't that interesting? I can't count on a 17-year-old boy to remember to start the dishwasher before he goes to bed at night. Isn't that interesting? And now what it does is it puts us back in the place of the wise one who sees life as it is and goes, oh, it's not the nature of a 17-year-old boy, to remember something as maybe irrelevant to them as starting the dishwasher, okay? So we're shifting it from there's something wrong with that person or this person has let me down. We're shifting it away from that entirely where there's no equanimity there to, oh, isn't that interesting? This is the nature of the situation. And from that place, when we're, when we're calm, when we're equanimous, we can come up with a creative solution if we would like to change the way things are. But before we can change it, we need to first see it for what it is without judgment, without resistance. And that opens up everything for us to have a creative new solution. I hope that made sense. And so let's take a moment and let's say, what if, what if that moment, that moment when you had that experience of dissatisfaction, discontent, minor suffering, as you might call it, was really life saying to you, you want to be wise. Hey, hey, here's your path to wisdom. See life as it is. See the nature of people as they are. If you want to be wise, pay attention to that discontent and take a look at what's the source of that so that you can see things as they are. What if life is saying, see me as I am, See me as I am. Accept me as I am. That's what is your path.
to happiness and wisdom. And I'm going to just add a little thought here, because isn't that exactly what you want? Don't you want people, your partner, people you care about to see you as you are, to accept you as you are? And whoa, another thought. What if the most important gift you can give yourself is for you to accept yourself as you are, to see yourself as you are? And what if just this little act of noticing what you're resisting, what you're attached to, is your doorway in to getting to really admit to yourself who you are, to really see yourself as you are. And then, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, maybe even accept yourself just as you are. This is radical stuff. This is powerful, powerful stuff. And so one of the things, I'm going to give you a little tool to help us do this, isn't that interesting, becomes the mantra. If we want to turn something that's loaded, that's got some suffering and pleasantness in it, into wisdom, we back up just a little bit and we observe and we go, oh, isn't that interesting? 17-year-old boys aren't necessarily reliable at the end of the evening to turn on the dishwasher. Isn't that interesting? Oh, isn't that interesting that my spouse prefers to be watching shows or playing games on his phone at the end of the evening instead of talking to me. Isn't that interesting? And in that isn't that interesting mind, what do I want to call that? It's a way of, it's a perspective it's a way of backing up and not taking things personally. And that allows us to see the nature of life as it is and the nature of people as they are. And a wise person, think about it, is the person who can see things as they are and doesn't get upset by it. Can see things as they are, accepts things as they are, and doesn't get upset by it because that is what opens them up to Oh, figuring out how to, how to act, how to speak, how to move in the world in a way that works for them. And so what I want to now just take a moment is to show you how this ties up with meditation. Okay. Because you're like, okay, Karen, these are two things I can actually do during my day, during my day. I mean, seriously. You do this, you learn to recognize attachment resistance and learn how to release attachment, release atta- resistance. You're on your way home. You are, you are, you are on the path. And what I want to say, especially to those of you who may be meditators, who actually sit and meditate, is I want to show you how these two fit together. Because here's the thing. For people who, when we, when we sit to meditate, which every one of us will at some point do, even if it's for just a moment, you know, um, when you're just sitting in the car waiting for somebody, you can do this. 
We sit and we bring our mind, our awareness to what we would call a technique or the object of a meditation technique. And for many of us, the most a universal technique that works so well is to let our attention come to the breath. And so we sit and we just observe the breath and we help the mind settle little by little into awareness of the breath. And we can do this in a couple ways. One is as we focus on the inhale and the exhale, we just keep our attention in the nostrils. And as you inhale, you can do this with me right now, whether you're, whatever you're doing, just keep your eyes open if you're driving or walking. And if you're sitting somewhere, you can close your eyes. But we just let ourselves come to awareness of the temperature of the breath as it comes in the nostrils. And we notice the change in temperature as we exhale. And that's, that's all we do. We just stay with the sensation of cool on the inhale sensation of warmer on the exhale. Okay. So that's one way for that, for certain people that that's their technique. That's, they love it for some people who have busier minds or just different personalities. Sometimes what works nice is to, as you inhale, you just simply count the breath. Some people find that easier and more settling. So which point you would inhale through the nostrils, and as you inhale, you count one. Then as you exhale, you count two. Inhale three. Exhale four. Inhale five. Exhale six. And you can either at this point return to one and go back to six and keep returning to one, or you can go all the way to 10. And then once you reach 10, you come back to one and you just continue this, right? That's another very effective way of being present with the breath. And then one more way that might work for another personality is to inhale and mentally think to yourself, inhaling. And then as you exhale, mentally saying, exhaling. Inhaling. Exhaling very calming. And there may be a pause in between the inhale and the exhale or the exhale and the inhale. And you just rest in that pause. When the breath starts moving again, you just name it. Okay. So these are three ways that you can use the breath as your meditation technique. The breath is the object of your meditation. And here's what happens. You sit you sit to meditate and all of a sudden your mind goes off into a thought, right? It goes, it goes somewhere. And instead of being upset, once we notice the mind has wandered and going, oh, geez, I can't do this. My mind is so busy. I can't focus, oh, which a lot of people do. The wise person goes, oh, I see. The nature of the mind is to wander off into a thought. It's distractible. It's going to get distracted by a thought and then another thought and then another thought. And at some point in that thought stream, we might recognize we've left our attention on the breath. And what we do is very neutrally, very calmly, just come back to the breath. Start again. Start at one. Start at inhaling. Start at coolness of the breath. Just start again. 
And when the mind is going to wander, the nature of the mind is to wander. And when it does it again, we recognize, oh, that's just my mind minding. It's just my mind minding. And we go, oh, come on back. And we come on back to the breath. That's the process of meditation. So now here's the fun part. Let's talk about how that process of meditation we just described can be done during the day, real time. Let's use the example of our dishwasher. So let's review. The process of meditation is to sit, become present in the moment, and then become aware of whatever the object of your meditation is. In this case, it was the breath. We're aware of that. And then we notice Eventually, the mind will just kind of fade out and we notice when it moves off and we notice that it's distracted and it's gone off into other thoughts. And when we notice it, we just go, oh, my mind is minding. There my thoughts go. And we just bring, we just release. We release the thoughts. We release the thoughts and we come back to the technique in the moment. We come back to the present moment. We release the thoughts and we come back into the moment. Okay? So now let's show you how you can do this real time in your day. And let's use the dishwasher example. So you're, you come in, you open the dishwasher, and you see it's all dirty, and the moment of pissed arises in your body. And you go, oh. And you're present with the sensation of pissed. And you notice that, and now you consciously go to a thought of, what am I attached to? Oh, I'm attached to having my cup of coffee in the morning. Ah, you're attached to having that particular cup. I am. Or you might say, what am I resisting? I'm resisting the thought that my kid can't get his shit together and do a simple thing like just start the dishwasher before he goes to bed. I'm resisting the fact that the nature of a 17-year-old is they're not, that's not important to them. And we notice these thoughts, what I'm attached to, what I'm resisting, either one or both. And now that very skill we've been learning on the cushion, the skill that is able to release a thought and come back into the present moment. Now we're going to use that same skill real time in our life. And we're going to go, oh, I'm attached. Let's say I'm looking off here like that's where my thoughts are, right? I'm attached to having that particular cup in the morning. To which we go, I'm going to release that attachment. And I'm just going to release it. And instead, I'm going to go to the cupboard and I'm going to find a different cup and use a different cup this morning. And every time I'm sitting there drinking my coffee and I have the thought comes up, damn it, I wish I had my other cup. We're going to go, oh, look, you're attached. Let's release that attachment and let's show up in this moment and just be enjoy the cup that we actually have. Following me? I hope this is making sense. So just to say it again, to help reinforce it, let's use the other Example of what am I resisting? I'm resisting the fact that my kid, it's not important to him to start the dishwasher. And so we go, okay, this is what I'm resisting. And we have the thought, all right, I'm going to release this resistance. 
What's going to help me release the resistance and the recognition of just seeing life as it is? Oh, isn't that interesting? It's not important to a 17-year-old to start the dishwasher before they go to bed. And it's not good. It's not bad. It's not right. It's not wrong. It's just the nature of a 17-year-old boy. And now we've learned something. We are wiser. And we say, oh, okay, I'm going to release my resistance by just accepting that this is the nature of a of a 17-year-old boy. And now I'm going to go ahead and get another cup. And every time I sit and as I'm using my cup this morning, this different cup, I'm going to reflect on, wow, isn't that interesting? The nature of a 17-year-old boy is that this just isn't important to them. Oh, I get it. It wasn't important to me either when I was 17. And we have completely shifted out of dissatisfaction, irritation, frustration, anger, feeling like we don't matter because the, the kid didn't take, didn't, didn't matter to them. We just let go of all of that story. We let go of all of that taken personally. And we now, on the field of our life, have practiced the skill real time of releasing attachment and releasing the resistance. And in the process, we're finding that we can be wiser. We can be maybe even a little bit happier. And the more you practice this, whether you're sitting on a cushion and practicing releasing thoughts or whether you're doing it real time in your life, the more you practice releasing attachment, releasing resistance, this is where the, what do we say, the rubber meets the road. This is where the real work happens. This is where the transformation happens. And you will find that you become a little more content, a little more happier, a little more satisfied with your life. And little by little, it becomes a new way of being. And by these two simple things, well, they're not that simple. By this, this, this incredibly profound truth that the source of our discontent the source of our suffering is from attachment or resistance. By practicing with that during the day, it will change you. And it will change your life. Thank you so much for being with me today. I hope this made some sense. I hope it was meaningful. If you have any questions at all, please, please email us and I'd be happy to answer them on a later episode. Have a lovely week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I do hope you found something that was helpful or meaningful or maybe even inspiring. If you have any questions, please email me at podcast at meditationmama.com and I'll be sure to answer them on one of our upcoming episodes. And in the meantime, let's all just take a moment to just let our attention drop into that heart center to that heart center and let's take this thought with us into the rest of our day the rest of our week be
living with kindness is sweet.